Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14. That's right, not 13, because 13 is an unlucky number. You don't see that on an elevator, so we're skipping it too. Well, no, but really. it says 13. Don't do that. You confuse oh. me. I love confusing you. God, Fine. I, we'll, I already we'll told the, you this week was bad. Ah. We'll be the unlucky podcast. Welcome to episode unlucky 13 of Spectator Mode. I am, of course, your unlucky host, JJ Pietra, Joshua Jeremiah. And speaking of unlucky, the man who's had a pretty unlucky week himself, Mr. Keith Mitchell is here. What's up, Keith? Hey, guys. What's up? What's up, everybody listening out there on Twitch? Hey, this week has just been complete bonkers. I have not really played many games. I have not been really following any news. I had a meltdown on Twitter. I had a meltdown at home. Uh, depression is a bad, bad thing. If you have depression, get help. That's why I watch anime. The 2D girls take all the depression away until they stop. and then I don't even you know. think Gundam can help me. Oh, man. I'm just... The rabbit hole just keeps going and going and going. God. I'll get better, but damn, it's just kicking the nuts, man. Yeah, I'm sure you'll get there. We all do. It's only lasts for a little bit, and then, bam, back to normal. So, give it time. <sighs> but I do yeah. sound better. You said I sound better because I pick up a preamp, so that's some good news. Absolutely. Also, some good news, and possibly not so unlucky, is Mr. Diego Perez is with us because he was lucky enough to play with his oculus all week you think he's gonna tell us about it later aren't you yeah i can't wait so basically besides the oculus what have you been playing or has it just been that um nothing new for the most part just the oculus i hopped back into some battlefield 5 for a while that's nothing much to change with that i was gonna say um, do people still play that game it's yeah it's still populated i mean it's nowhere near as popular as other battlefield entries but it's it's got players and there's some content dropping every week so okay i hop back in every now and then but other than that not really anything else besides the oculus yeah, a lot of quests. i'm still playing hearthstone um matter of fact right before this podcast came on the air i was actually playing uh heroic mode dalaran heist chapter two and once again got all the way to the end boss thinking i had a shot and got my shit pushed in Thank you, Orange Jesus, for fucking me right up the ass. Hey, man, you yeah. play Blizzard games. You should be very familiar with that. Yeah, used to it. Of, uh, Blizzard games, I also got invited to the WoW Classic stress test. Not the beta, unfortunately. Uh, but I did hop on for that. Uh, you can only go to level 5. And yeah, it brought back a lot of memories. Uh, not seeing the quest markers on the minimap. Not having any direction where to go at quests. Actually having to read the quest to find out where you're going. Buying your spells from a trainer, running out of mana, all this great stuff. Oh, you mean just... you mean the same stuff we talked about last week? That nostalgia is a really crazy and powerful drug, and that classic is not all attracted up to me. Actually, believe it or not, um, this is the funny thing: is uh, apparently this is gonna be a bigger hit than we thought because at the end of the stress test. Blizzard decided to end it beautifully by summoning two patchworks and Stormwind to kill us all. And uh, as it was happening, you just saw general and trade chat being spammed by people going, thank you, Blizzard, bring us beta, thank you, thank you, thank you. They were actually thanking Blizzard for this experience because a lot of people are saying that this is the way World of Warcraft should be, a slower, more methodical game with more danger to it. 
And, uh, and you'll I never agree. see anything else unless Blizzard decides to change their pathing, which I don't see happening. No, I mean, they've been down the rabbit hole too long now. I mean, the casualization started with Wrath of the Lich King, which came out 11-ish years ago, something like that. And ever since then, they've added layer upon layer of systems to the game to make it easier and easier for players. And honestly, you can't really fault them because appealing to as many type of gamers as possible, they've you know made millions off of that shit. I mean, they had at 1.12 million subs because of it. So obviously, it's a formula that works. But there's that niche crowd who wants something harder, that wants a challenge back. And Modern Mortal Warcraft, it doesn't do that. And uh, the classic server that's going to be coming out on August 27th, I believe it is, um, provides that option to those players. And they're thankful for it. So, you know, I even brought up the idea, says, what if, and this is probably a, a huge no because of the amount of work that would go into it, they released expansion after expansion on the progression server, but redid every expansion if it was like still classic. So like Cataclysm would never dumb down the talent trees or, you know, there would be no flying added like it was in Burning Crusade. It just, everything stayed on the ground, you know, gave it more of a classic feel. And it would be interesting, interesting to see how like maybe like Legion or how Battle for Azeroth would be in a classic setting versus a modernized version. See, that's right. the problem. It's it's never going to happen. I mean, no, if it they, it, it, it's, it's nice that they're doing this, but the expectations that aren't being set, it should be, hey, guys, this is it. You're never getting anything else. You're not going to get Burning Crusade. You're not going to get anything. Because, A, it's kind of like if they did that, they'd be retconning everything that they did. And, B, you would need to have two teams doing two different branches of World of Warcraft, and it's just never going to happen. Which yeah. kind of stinks because you're pretty much stuck in this sandbox forever. Oh, what are we going to do? Let's go raid Naxxramas again and again and again and again and again. At some point, it's going to die out. Yep. I mean, it's, it's the same problem that's happening now. I mean, content's coming out faster, but after, I'd say, like, maybe a month and a half, two months, guilds are tired of raiding the, the same raid over and over again. I mean, what's going to happen when... You know, all the raids in Classic are your only options for years, you know? Pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm glad that people are enjoying their nostalgia, but again, this can't last long. And But again, you know, if Blizzard makes their money and they bring more people back into the fold because they want to drive the nostalgia factor, then go for it, Blizzard. Take their money. You won't be getting mine, though. I'm done. Yeah, pretty much. That's why I always say in Pantheon, I trust. Anyway, that's my little Blizzard ramble for the week. Keith, have you been playing anything? Honestly, other than trying to stay away from depression, um, I have been playing Dauntless. Dauntless went live for the Xbox One PlayStation 4 uh, on the 21st, and it moved from its standalone launcher to the Epic Games Store launcher. I actually recorded a video to show people how to migrate their accounts over. And um, other than the, the couple of issues they're having, mainly they weren't prepared for the masses of people to jump on. It's pretty much a free-to-play Monster Hunter-like game. Uh, the game is actually really good. I played Dauntless when it first came out many, many moons ago, and I've been playing every iteration of the game since it came out. And this new release of it is amazing. It's fun. You don't need to know much about the game. You can just jump in, level up, kill monsters. But the cool thing is, it has crossplay, Xbox One and PlayStation 4. 
that's really good. And I've I've played about ten games so far because the queues have been crazy. When I did my video and I tried to log on, I had a three hour wait. And the wait for people has been going up and going up and going up because they weren't prepared. They weren't prepared for the mass of people that are that want to play this game. It's a lot of fun. They added a better uh, combat system where they tweaked the combat system. They added a mastery system where you get rewarded for doing certain achieve or certain objectives. They took a play out of Fortnite's book where they have a um, was it season pass or what is what is what is that they have for? I don't Battle play pass. Fortnite. Yeah, Battle Pass, excuse me. Thank you. So they have that, which is actually really cool. You get more things for beating certain achievements. It's actually a lot of fun now. And it's free. Hmm. So people should definitely check that out. It's a lot of fun. Other than that, I've been recording a lot of footage for Sekiro and whatnot. But yeah, it's just dauntless. It's fun. You should definitely check it out. And speaking of uh, you're talking about load times and such, that brings us to another piece of news. Um, Sony uh, actually gave some details on the PlayStation 5, or actually they're just calling it Next Gen. They're not really calling it PlayStation 5, which is kind of interesting to me. Yeah, I've been calling um, it Next Gen too, I because nobody has said PlayStation 5. Yeah, we're just all assuming it's PlayStation 5 because that's obviously the next one in the numerical scheme of things, but could be something completely different. Uh, I mean, look actually, at what Xbox did. Yeah, that's true. Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. It's like, okay. So, yeah, they, they might want to go ahead and just name it something completely different or PlayStation Next Gen, PlayStation, or PlayStation Gen, or I don't know, something. It may not even have PlayStation. You know? I mean, yeah, it'll have PlayStation. It'll be something weird. PlayStation yeah, so... X. Oh, God. <laughs> actually, no, because if they do that, PSX was actually the abbreviation for the original PlayStation. Well, it was the um, it, was it? It was or was it that uh that shoot off? No, that was PS One, PS O N E, PSX no, no, no. was original PlayStation. Wasn't there was it? there was a, a piece of hardware called the PSX. It wasn't the first PlayStation. It was it was this really, um, it was a digital recorder. Yeah, digital recorder. For, it had a PlayStation Two, but it was a digital recorder. It was called the PSX. Oh, oh, well, it, it was, was something. It was big and white. It was sort of like the 3DO. How, how have I never seen this before? What? I just looked this up. You've never seen that before? I've never seen this before. Yeah. People wanted that thing, too. It was expensive. Only in Japan, looks like. Yep. <laughs> but people imported it, as always. That's so cool. Of course. I think that thing was like $800, It was very expensive. But it was just the fact that it could record videos on it, and it had a PlayStation 2 in it, and it was just massive. People were talking about the original Xbox was massive. Oh, no. You should see the PSX. That thing was massive. Yeah. Um, I just looked it up myself. And, yeah, you're right. I actually was thinking it was the original PlayStation, but, no, you're right. It's, yeah, I, I don't think I would ever buy that. No, no. <laughs> no. That's probably why it was Japan only. But again, people imported it because it was the latest and greatest and they wanted it. So, just like there the you iPhone. Go. There you go. Piece of gaming news that you or uh, history that you did not know about. I'm full of it. Or if you did know about it, well, there you go. There's a refresher course for you. Refresher course. And now you know. So, anywho, yeah, Sony unleashed some new details about the PlayStation next gen console. Uh, they basically 
have put a big focus on backwards compatibility. Wait, but... what? Wait, what? Yeah. Wait, what? Nobody likes to play old games. Well, Nobody I likes retro really games. So. So because <laughs> they're going for it. <laughs> and uh, the one thing that's making it possible, they're seeing is their solid state hard drive, because according to them, that the load times are a lot faster. But we didn't really know that for sure until a leaked video hit the internet, I would say, what, about a day and a half, two days ago, something like that. And it showed, I guess, Sony's presentation prepping for E3 or some sort of uh, maybe state of play thing they're doing. But um, it had like a side-by-side comparison of a game. I didn't really uh, could tell which one it was. It's probably some random AAA Spider-Man. title I don't give a fuck about. Yeah, there you go. A game I don't give a fuck about. <laughs> um, yeah, and I think the PlayStation Next Gen loaded it in like 0.83 seconds and the regular PS4 Pro took almost like, 30 seconds to load and then they actually did like a fly through a city and then you could see like the P- uh, ps4 pro like you know trying to like stutter along and render the draw distance where next gen P- uh playstation 5 let's call it that to make it you know easier playstation 5 just rendered it no problem i mean this thing was flying at like 100 frames per second no problem you know i i saw people talking about it and i did not watch it so did they actually show the hardware no, or... it was just no. gameplay no. capture. Yeah, see, that's... It was the stuff that Mark Cerny talked about whenever they first went into details with the Wired article about PlayStation 5. And he yeah. said that Spider-Man could load in 0.8 seconds. And we were all like, okay, whatever, Mark Cerny. Seeing it in action is actually very impressive. My problem with that is, are we really seeing it in action or are we seeing it on the PC? You know, the same crap that Microsoft pulled off. Oh, it's this and this. And everybody looked under the cover. was like, that's not an Xbox. That's a PC guy. Yeah. I would imagine it's probably still a PC at this point, but it's what they're targeting. Also, this is a current-gen game running on supposedly next-gen hardware, so I don't know if these load times are going to be representative of what we're going to see with PlayStation 5 games. But still, it's less than a second for Spider-Man loading on this hardware. That's The fact that that's doable blows my mind. Yeah. Well, uh, um... It's an SSD. I mean, it's to be expected. I mean, that's the whole point of SSDs is to load shit fast. You'd be surprised. There are some really poorly optimized games, even on a solid state drive, that load like crap. I would imagine also, if it's not a PC, it's the architecture which is really driving it, which means that thing is pushing a lot of bandwidth for it to load that fast. Yeah, they fast travel like instantly. It's insane. Which means there, that means two things. The PlayStation, new PlayStation is going to have a shit ton of memory because they're loading them. If they're loading that fast, the, the game is being loaded into memory. It's not off a hard drive. So that's going to be some amazing news. Or uh, will be amazing when you actually tell us, show us the architecture. So yeah. loading, running off of memory, and it's some fast memory. Yeah, Mark certainly made a big deal about their new solid-state technology they're working with for PlayStation 5. He didn't go into much detail about it, but he said they were cooking up some cool stuff with it. Well, you know, Mark Cerny, he is a uh, pretty sharp guy. I will never yeah, say that he's an idiot. He's very intelligent. He talks sometimes, kind of puts you to sleep. But, yeah, he's got some really good stuff to talk about. So we'll see. We, yeah, we, he's a very we, smart guy, and he also looks like a guy who could use a lot of sleep, too. Ah, <laughs> uh, but he's, you know, he's, he's probably paid for it. He's, he's definitely paid for it, so... Yeah, he's he's got the money to back up the talk, and I'm pretty sure from hearing him, he enjoys it. So I don't think he's he's worried about sleep too much. Yeah, but it's it was still hilarious that I forgot what E3 it was. So there's a couple of years back, 
he just came out and started talking about stuff and the guy looked like he was on crack i mean i swear to god there's like bags under his eyes like bloodshot the guy looked like he was tweaking like left and right on the stage it's pretty hilarious then then you realize he's basically a, a hardware engineer and like oh that that explains it hardware yeah. engineers and programmers they got the same look you know but i've never i've never seen john carmack like that though formerly of it's it's software he that's, was always that's like a John Carmack pays people to do his shit for him. Let's he was always bright eyed. He was very, very revved up. He was ready to go. You never saw him tired. It was like this dude drank five cups of espresso and just goes, never stops. He's like the Energizer Bunny. Well, was because he doesn't work for it anymore. And I'm not really sure what the hell he does anymore with Oculus. I don't know, but. I think he was supposed to like head up part of like their VR, like research or something i don't know it was yeah, some weird like high oculus tech yeah he's doing a lot of stuff for oculus you just don't hear him <clears throat> hear from him or of them as much anymore yeah he was like the driving force behind why the oculus quest actually exists i miss him yeah. i wish he was making games again right john carmack's a legend actually i mean if you if you think about it he was the one who actually uh developed the way that uh light reflects off of surfaces and game engines He's a man responsible for that. So anytime you see something shiny in the game, thank John Carmack. Thank God. Because that's who he, well, he was. <laughs> he was. Then he went to Oculus. Now yeah. he's a Facebook lackey. Yeah, Facebook lackey. <laughs> anyway, uh, basically, uh, the other piece of news we found out was uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare is getting rebooted. And if you want to hear the uh, amazing title they came up for the game? It's basically Call of Duty Modern Warfare. There reboot! Reboot the reboot. We need to do more reboots. Honestly, like I said before the podcast, I have not been following this. I, have, I haven't cared about Modern Warfare since Modern Warfare 2 and the first Black Ops. I don't care about it. I think I bought, not last year's, no, I backed it up. I bought last year's just to play um, the Blackout mode in Zombies. And I played it maybe five or six times. And I think the last real Call of Duty I purchased, let me look through Steam here. Uh, which was that? This, when they went to space. Infinite Warfare. Which one was it? Infinite Warfare. Yeah, that's it. I have yet to buy that one. I also have not bought uh, World War II Call of Duty one yet. Uh, the last one I bought was Advanced Warfare. So I, I got to get it. Uh, my shit together and get caught up. Eh, they just wait till the reboot and see what's going on here. But yeah, there's not a lot of information about it. I've been trying to read it up just now. There's not much out there, so eh, whatever. It sounds care. like they're going back to a, a harder focus on story. It says they're trying to aim for more emotional moments again, but that mostly just PR speak. You mean to tell me that Battle Royale didn't work and that maybe single-player story-focused campaigns or... Uh, Worthwhile, people want those back. Yeah, I mean, I still think Blackout was wildly successful for them, but the campaign should still be in Call of Duty every year. Yes, a lot of people buy it for campaigns, which a lot of people kept telling them, but they're like, "No, nobody buys this game for a story. Nobody does that." Yeah, they stopped buying it for the stories because they started getting really bad. Yeah, they but did. a return to form to like the original Modern Warfare and two, and I, I like three. I'm one of those guys who likes three. I like that. It would as be well. great. It, that was a great story, a great trilogy. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, 
people are like kind of like upset that they're rebooting it and i'm like well what can they do they finish the story yeah i mean you can't continue something that's finished unless you're halo or gears of war i mean come on let's be real here do a new story yeah, it kind of had to be an original story because Modern Warfare Three wrapped up the trilogy kind of nicely. I mean, just do they another go much with it. Do another story. Do something else. Don't reboot it. Go keep going. It's it's. I'm sure it's going to be in the same universe and they'll probably reference the original trilogy because it's, it's a soft reboot, not a full reboot, supposedly. But like I mean, at that point, just call it Modern Warfare Four. I don't understand why they have to drop the number. We don't have to call it Modern Warfare. Just call it something else. I mean. Maybe the fact that you're you're adding uh, a suffix to it is really hurting you. Like, okay, Josh brought up Gears of War. Gears of War is a great example because the first three Gears of War were the first portion of Gears of War because it was Gears of War 1, Gears of War 2, Gears of War Judgment, which was shit. Yeah. Gears of War 3, and then that wrapped up that segment. Gears of War 4 came out, which is a brand new trilogy. And now we're and it wasn't five. Yeah, and we're getting five, and then we're going to get six, and then that's going to end that trilogy. So the problem maybe, with that is there's like a lot of Call of Duty games. But that universe is pretty big. They could go another direction. They really yeah, could. There's, I mean, because there's obviously the original series, which is World War II based, and there's Modern Warfare, then there's Black Ops, Advanced Warfare, Infinite Warfare, and then I think that's it. There's like, what, four or five universes. Unless they invent a new one. They could Who do it. You know, will be perfect here. Modern or give me. How about a Call of Duty game which has a mixture of World War One and sci-fi, sort of like a go. steampunk, like an alternate universe. Exactly. Think outside the box, guys. Stop giving us this rehash or looking at sci-fi future. Combine them because there have been games that did stuff like that, and it was amazing. Do that. I would Here, love Call of Duty that, Steam Wars. But it's Call of Boom. Duty, and they're aiming at the broadest of broad audiences, and that would not sell to them, unfortunately. I or, can maybe or, see Battlefield doing it. Or maybe. Call of Duty, you're in the future, you gotta go back and stop some shit that's gonna go down, you travel in the past, you overshot where you need to go, now you're completely in the past, and you're working your way back. Or maybe the bad guy went to the past, and you gotta go find the bad guy. And you, the time you get there, they've Changed the past completely. Now you need to fix it. I have a better idea. The idea to end all ideas. Call of Duty versus Battlefield. Go. <laughs> you know, that would be nice, but it'll never happen. I don't even know how that would work, to be honest. I, I just, you know, market the shit off of the name alone. There you go. The only way that would work is if both companies agreed to allow each company do what they want to do. Sort of like what they did with uh, Tekken X3. Was it Tekken X3 or X3 Tekken? Tekken X uh, Street Fighter. Something, one of those two. Yeah, yeah. Where, um, no, which, I can always get those confused. Street Fighter. Street Fighter's Street Fighter. first. Street Fighter Tekken, where Capcom got to do whatever they want to do with the Tekken with direction from Namco. And it kind of worked. So they could do something like that. But both parties have to agree. But the big thing about that is Call of Duty has names. They have named people in there. There is There really aren't any in Battlefield. So that would be a stretch. Unless that is bad company. Bad company yeah. has characters. <sighs> bad company. How about just I give still, us a bad I company? I remember too? playing that game. That was great. Bad company was awesome. Like, they were supposed to give us a part bad two. Bad company three like, is like a heavy rumor for the next battlefield, but that's the rumor every year. We're not going to get another. We're not. It. Yeah, we're not going to another bad company. 
There's gold in Enmar Hills. You just invaded a neutral country. We've been waiting after, on Bad Company Three for so long. With five, I could see them like pushing Bad Company Three up the timeline a little bit. That could yeah, be like I would play that next year's Battlefield because Bad, Bad, Co- Bad Company was always good. Bad Company was always a good game, and the fact that you had a squad to play off of was amazing. I love that, but maybe, maybe, maybe not. Who knows? A little bit other news. Um, there also was an alpha of Neo 2, which was released to a random selection of people. I did not get in it. I'm kind of sad because I played the hell, that game to hell and back. Um, but a couple of prominent streamers who play those games actually got a hand on hand on the uh, the alpha and said, for the most part, it's still Neo. You can create your own character, which is something a lot of people have been asking for. I kind of enjoy playing with the the fault character because that way it gave a little more um, focus on the story. It was more inter- interwoven with the story, but people wanted it. So weapons seem to be the same. The combat seems to be the same. So from what I'm understanding, it just feels like it's just more Neo, just just more Neo. So that's not a bad thing because when Neo first came out on the PlayStation, I played the heart of it. I took a break because I didn't like the um, performance issues. It came out for the PC. Played it nonstop till I beat it. Loved it. So I'm really hoping, excuse me, before this alpha is over, that somebody gives me a key or I randomly get one because I would love to get some hands on it. But from everything I'm seeing and reading, I'm excited, especially since we didn't hear anything about Neo 2 since it got announced last year at E3. It was like, Neo 2 coming! Okay, where's the rest of it? Eh, we'll see you later. So yeah, that's that's some interesting news and something I'm really excited for. I just want a damn key so I can play that. Well, there's one way to get it, but we'll save that for our main topic. Up first, Diego, this show, or the floor is yours, my friend. Go ahead and uh, regale us on your journey through the Rift Quest. So let me tell you guys about the Oculus Quest, all right? This thing is amazing. I, I've had my uh, my regular Rift, the CV1, since since it came out. Like for I've had it for almost three years. And I thought, okay, I'm never going to be wowed by another VR experience again. Okay, like I, I've I've done it all. I've seen everything. Like once you try VR and you get used to it, okay, you're just accustomed to it. I put this thing on and I was immediately floored. Wireless VR is a game changer. Just... I don't even trip off over my wire on my CV1 that often because it's honestly not that big of a deal. But just having it there on the headset, the the slight weight makes so much difference. And then when it was gone, I immediately noticed how free I felt. So let me ask you then, since it's wireless, how is the battery life? Because I heard some people say it's only two hours. Is it really that short? It depends on what you're doing. If you're playing a graphically intensive game, you can expect around three. If you're just doing light video watching, four and a half-ish, similar to like the Switch. It charges up pretty quick. It has a USB-C charger. Okay. Um, but you, most people don't play it like a lot, unless you're a hardcore, hardcore enthusiast. And if you are, you probably have a battery pack for this or something. You're not going to get that much VR Oh, you time know what? I didn't think about day. that. I can imagine people are going to start selling. There already are battery packs. Yep. I've seen a bunch of them. See, there we go. Uh, yeah, but three hours for hardcore VR, like like three hours of Beat Saber, three hours of Super Hot, that'll tire you out. Like, even I'm I'm like a veteran for VR, and I, I get so exhausted after a long Beat Saber session. So I just take a break and charge it up. It's not really that big of a deal. 
But this thing is incredible. I, I'm surprised at just how how simple everything is. Setting it up was it was like setting up a new iPhone. It was the easiest thing in the world. So let me and, ask you this before you go any further. You picked up the Quest. Any particular reason you didn't pick up uh, the Rift 2? It's the Rift S, not the Rift 2. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it's, it's the second one. Come on. Yeah, it's the second. Okay, well, it's not a huge overhaul because it's still technically a Rift. I already have a Rift CV1. The only upgrade the Rift S has over the CV1 is uh, high resolution and inside-out tracking, so you don't need the cameras. But my cameras are just on my desk. They, like, they practically don't even exist. My tracking solution is fine. I already have a Rift. I can play upcoming Oculus Rift exclusives. I'm okay. I wanted the Quest for wireless VR and ease of use. Okay. It's it's honestly its own system. It, it's like having the Rift as a PC and the Quest as a console. Because the Quest really is VR's first gaming console. This is a VR console, $400. Like buying a PlayStation or an Xbox. It is plug and play. You press the button, you turn it on, you're playing Beat Saber. That's, it's that simple. See, I was thinking about the Quest, but I was looking at uh, people were saying that it's not as powerful, obviously, because it's a self-contained system, like you said, and that so many games that are on the Rift may not be coming to the Quest. Yeah, um, there's a bunch of upcoming exclusives like Insomniac's uh, Stormland that won't be on Quest. Mm. So you made the right choice getting a Rift S, especially because I know you're really, really big on, on, uh, on technical stuff and you have a really powerful PC, so you're going to take advantage of that Rift S. Plus, you know, it's, it has the same... All it, the Rift S is just a more powerful Quest with a wire. It's just one wire. Okay, I saw a comparison good. picture of the CV1 versus the Rift S and just all the wires. It, it was like, oh, the Rift S is just elegant in its solutions. And the CV1 was just a mess of wires, and they were all tangled, and it was a nightmare. And I don't know how I live with it still. But I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't have the, I don't have the S yet, but like I, I said earlier, I did tell my wife like a week ago, hey, I'm going to buy this. And I thought I pre-ordered it on Amazon, but I guess I did not. But the Best Buy up the street for me has them. So tomorrow might be get up, do my thing, go to Best Buy, pick it up. Yeah, these devices are doing a lot better than Oculus anticipated. Uh, both models of the Quest, the 64 gigabyte and the 128 gigabyte, are currently sold out on Amazon. And a lot of Best Buys do not have any. I don't know how it is for the Rift S. I would imagine there's more. Yeah, this, my, my store says there's a bunch. Yeah, but the Quest is selling like a lot. And people are really liking this thing. I'm loving it. The tracking, people were saying that um, there are some issues with tracking, but I haven't really run into any. Like, because uh, it uses cameras on the front of the headset to track the, the controllers. So if I were to leave my hands down at my sides, I would worry that it wouldn't track them because they were out of the field of view. But man, those are some wide FOV cameras. And even if uh, I take them out of the field of view of the cameras and then reintroduce them to the tracking field, it's like, almost instantaneous like I, I hardly noticed that they lost tracking and it's lightweight it's awesome dude i love this thing it's so clear the refresh rate and the frame rate are going to be lower than the rift the rift is 90 hertz and the quest is only 72 which i can i can feel it i can tell just because i'm so used to it but if if you're like not a hardcore vr enthusiast you're not going to notice it and if you are a hardcore vr enthusiast you're going to be okay with it because it's wireless vr I mean, I'm I, you, out of all of us here. You're the VR. I don't want to say hardcore. The, the the enthusiast. I've been looking to get into VR. Like I said, I do have a PlayStation VR. I have not opened. Speaking of that, I will be opening up because I read about a game that's coming out very shortly. Uh, you might have heard of it too. Blood, Blood and, and Truth. Truth. Yeah. Blood and Truth. Yeah. Dude, this game's gonna be so cool. 
Yeah, I have to play that. It's gonna be awesome, dude. Yeah, PSVR is great because of exclusives. Yeah, there's some great games on the Quest too, though. Uh, like Star Wars Vader Immortal. I read the the uh, review. It looks like you really enjoyed that. It's aw- I mean, It's only like 45 minutes, but it is episode one. It's only ten dollars. Honestly, I have never been more immersed in a story before. It it was incredible. Darth Vader was scary. Like he walked up to me and I I winced, dude. It was so he was so imposing and holding a lightsaber for the first time because there there are a lot of VR games where it's like they have their own knockoff lightsabers, but holding a real lightsaber with like actual sound effects instead of stock sound effects was life changing. It was <laughs> like I had the dumbest smile on my face the whole time. It sounds like you're fanboying over it right now. Oh, it's, so like... it's not on Rift yet. It's a, it's a timed Oculus Quest exclusive, but it it'll come to Rift like very soon. So everybody on Rift can uh, can enjoy that. I'm just and, pissed uh, off. I was supposed to pick up Beat Saber when it was still twenty dollars. I was like, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna buy it, and it went up to twenty nine dollars. It's like, oh. yeah. Oh no! I think that includes the, box. Uh, hey man, well, ten dollars. But I think it includes the the DLC tracks with the ten dollars price increase. And I keep watching. I keep watching people play that game, and I'm like, how? How? It looks a lot I... harder than it actually is in the head. Because in the headset, you can see everything a lot more clearly. Okay. Yeah, I'm just watching people go crazy. Like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that, but every Even time you talk about VR, people bring it incredible. up. Because like on on a Rift, like you have the wire and it's in front of you. You don't move a lot in Beat Saber. I mean, you don't. You duck a lot and you like go from side to side a lot to avoid things, but you don't like move around a lot in VR when you're playing Beat Saber. So the wire doesn't bother me. But playing it on Quest completely wireless was something else. Just that wire being gone makes all the difference. And the, it still blows my mind that I can just take it off and set it down and there's nothing attached to it. <laughs> it's crazy. This is see, this is this is a missed opportunity for 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 Quest because places like Best Buy should be showing this off. When I go to my local Best There's Buy, demos. well, when I go to my Best Buy, they just the the they move the the VR stuff to the back of the store, just sitting there on a computer. That's it. And I've always yeah. asked them, why is this just sitting here? And you guys should be showing this all to people. Don't you want to sell this thing? I mean, it's literally in the back corner now, where nobody really goes. And I, I'd imagine it's still that way when I go there tomorrow to go pick up the Rift S. Which Oculus is, a shame. is marketing the Quest like really hard, and I feel like once word of mouth gets around, and especially once the holidays are all around, this thing's gonna be huge. This is gonna blow up. Like VR has been a thing for a while, but it's it's been a niche thing. It still is, but VR is like it's here. Like the VR video game console exists. It's the Oculus Quest. It's amazing. Just take it places. Like I just took it upstairs because I could. <laughs> I can't do that with my Rift. I, I am buying games just to have an excuse to put the headset on. That's how much I love it. Mm. And there's so many good games on there. You got Creed, Beat Saber, Super Hot. Ro- they got Robo Recall running on the Oculus Quest. I've heard good things about Robo Recall. I've heard yeah, a lot of good things about that uh, game. Yeah, Epic Games made that game. Might have heard of them uh, from their other little game. They made a Fortnite. I only remember them from Gears of War and uh, Unreal Tournament. What is this Fortnite you're talking about? Right? Yeah, I, I guess they made those like old games, games, too, but I don't know why you want to play old games, all right? Those, yes, Jack Rabbit, Commander <laughs> Keen, Blake Stone. I don't know this Fortnite. Whatever. You can't, you can't do Fortnite dances in those old games, all right? 
Hey, I'm an old timer, <laughs> all right? Those games are precious to me. Man, Honestly, I can see I can play on Rule Tournament till I die. Seriously, I can. The, the <laughs> technical wizardry required to get Robo Recall to run on this mobile processor is just alien to me. And they got it running at the smoothest frame rate and it looks gorgeous. Okay, let's talk about that. How is the frame rate? Not just Robo Recall, but games in general. Very smooth. Incredibly smooth. It, it's honestly awesome. Like, I have not run into any problems at all with anything. I am amazed at how seamless this entire experience has been. I've spent the past four days in and out of VR with Oculus Quest. I've even sideloaded some stuff that's not on the store on there because you can do that with some apps. Everything is so plug and play. I run into zero issues. It should not be working this well. Wow, listen to this guy. He's like a spokesperson for Oculus, man. I think I think what Diego's saying is on a scale of one to five, you raise this a one. I, I don't know. I don't think he likes it that much. I think you mean one hundred. Come on now. He <laughs> he seems ecstatic. That's good. I'm glad for you. I'm glad that you're you're really enjoying this experience. When people would say things about VR, they're like, Oh, there's too many wires. Oh, the setup's too much. Oh, it's too expensive. And this is still four hundred dollars, but like there is no setup, there is no wires. It is almost PC quality VR. It's better than PSVR for sure. So what you're saying is we can expect an amazing glowing review from you in a couple of weeks because, you know, you love this thing so much. Yeah. Yeah. Once I get some more hands on with some more games. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to put a review on this <laughs> thing and it's going to be a glowing review. So the only it negative thing awesome. I'm hearing, the only negative thing I'm hearing about this is it, it doesn't have access to all the games that are on the standalone Rift. So does it have access to Steam VR games too or no? Is it no, I but I, okay. I, you can't fault the device for that because that's like faulting uh, the Nintendo Switch for not being able to play uh, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One games. It's just not that powerful. It, it's its own system. Hey, I, 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 that's 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 a fight right there. Not with me. I agree with you 100 percent when you come to the, the Switch. It, there, there is a schism <laughs> in the VR community to where it's like, man, all these games should support cross buy, but then a lot of people are like, well, then they're not going to make any money. Because no one's gonna no, there's like no VR players to begin with. This is its own thing. It's like it's, it's a console. The Oculus Rift and HTC Vive are peripherals. The Oculus Quest is a console, which just makes things a lot more interesting, especially when you're looking at the upcoming shopping holiday or shopping season, as you want to call it. Just because you got the Xbox, got the PlayStation, Stadia is coming out, Project X Cloud will be out. And then you have this, which from what you're saying sounds amazing and does well on its own. So there's basically another player in the VR space, which could potentially take it over with this and the Rift S. But the fact yeah, that you're... Everybody you're, who has a, a PC right now who wants an Oculus Rift or, or a Vive has one or is planning on getting one. People who are not like planning on getting a PC VR headset are not going to get one. When they hear Oculus, like, oh, my computer's not powerful enough. I don't, I don't have a computer. I don't have the space. The Quest is that alternative for them. The Quest is for the masses. Like, people are going to buy this. A lot of people are going to buy this. So what sort of games have you played? Not the actual titles of the games, like genres of games, or backing up, because, again, I'm just slowly becoming interested with this. Um, is there one particular genre that's better than another genre? Like, are racing games pretty good? Are there any racing games? Um, I know first person shooters are really good on it because Robo Recall and a couple other ones that are coming out. Yeah, a lot of shooters. Uh, wave shooters are probably the most popular genre in VR just because how simple they are. 
and how e how easy they they work in the VR space. Uh, racing games are surprisingly lacking on the Quest. There's a lot of racing games on PC VR and PlayStation VR. I guess the Quest isn't powerful enough to run those games, but with the way the Quest is selling and how easy this thing is to develop for, going off of how I've seen developers get alphas and betas out there two or three days after release, they'll find a way to port. I think there's only one racing game on the store right now on the Quest, and it's like VR Karts. Mm. Which is still good, but it's not it's not a set of Corsa. It's not it's not Drive Club VR. It is not Project Cars. All right. And the control words for, for the quest, they are the same as the Rift? Yep. The okay. new and new and improved Oculus Touch controllers. Is the S? Rift S. Okay, so they have the same one. Because I, I yeah. saw before that they said it might not have those and I wasn't I wasn't sure. So they all use the same new yeah, controllers. Same controllers. Okay. And the same tracking method. The Rift S does not require cameras. They're all in the headset. The only difference between the Rift S and the Quest is one wire. And the PC it connects to. Man. That does sound good. It kind of makes me look at maybe possibly getting the Quest instead. I, I don't know. They're, they're, I think they're both if, the same price. If you don't price. already have a Rift, you should get the Rift. Just because it's only one wire, it's not going to make that big of a difference. And the exclusives. There are two big, big... I guess three now. They announced the third one. There are three big exclusives coming out for Oculus Rift only. I guess one's going to be on Quest. There's two coming out for Rift only this year. What's that? Uh, Stormland, which is by Insomniac Games. They've already made some uh, Rift exclusives. And it's a an open-world, narrative-driven game. They haven't revealed much about it yet, but it's coming out sometime this year. And then uh, I think Sanzaro? Is it Sanzaro or Ready at Dawn? No, Ready at Dawn's making Lone Echo 2, which is another narrative-driven uh, zero-gravity game. I'm looking at Stormland now, the E3 Yeah, and then Sanzaro uh, is making Asgard's Wrath, where they said it's going to be 30 to 40 hours, and it's like this Norse action RPG. It's going to be super cool. And then Phantom Covert Ops is another one. It's going to be on Quest as well. It's a Cold War stealth shooter where you play uh, this guy infiltrating a bunch of bases, but you play the entire game in a kayak. Okay. It's really interesting. And all four of these are coming out this year. Three of them will be on Quest. Uh, three of them will be on Rift. One will be on Quest. They're all playable on Rift, though. For the most part, if something's on Quest, it'll be on Rift, too. Just because why not? If anything, Quest is going to miss out on games just because of the lack of power. Speaking of that, um, what about audio? Do you have to wear a, a headset? Um, that's a, that's a sound? So, okay. the Oculus Rift CV1 the original Oculus Rift had integrated headphones. Built-in headphones, they were comfortable and they had great sound. The Oculus Rift S and the Oculus Quest oh boy. don't have headphones per se, but they have integrated audio built into the headbands. That doesn't sound very good. It is fine. <laughs> that is the best I can call it. Luckily, both devices have headphone jacks on both sides. Okay. So you can okay. plug in headphones, and they, Oculus makes their own headphone uh, attachment to where you what can is get it? Is it just headphones. is it just standard stereo? Is it surround sound? If you plug in your own headset, uh, I believe it's just stereo. But if you plug in something, you can get surround. Okay, that's kind the of sound is it, it's fine. It's good, especially for the Quest because it's going to be like a party kind of. It's party VR where you pass it around. You don't want to have big headphones on. But if you're alone and you just want to get immersed, you can put headphones on. 
Yeah, I'm just looking at this. Damn, this does sound good. And I, damn, you know what? You, you're doing a hell of a job of selling this. I'll tell you that much. I really I, hope I the could Mets tolerate people like talking it. trash about VR these past three years because their complaints were valid. They're like the only complaint that is feasible now is is price. And that that's that's a valid complaint, obviously. But I, I three hundred ninety dollars, twenty dollars, same price PlayStation for same price. Like the Oculus Rift Pro. headset alone used to be six hundred dollars, and the controllers were another one hundred dollars. Yeah, the that launched at yeah. eight hundred dollars. The index is a thousand dollars. This is an all-in-one VR solution for three ninety-nine. Yeah, but the index has a lot going for it. Yeah, the index is, but that that is an enthusiast device. Yeah, yeah. Also, the fact it has a higher get refresh a rate instead of a Quest. If you're looking to play Valve's new flagship VR titles that are coming out over the next couple of years, they are on Steam VR. Oculus Rift works with Steam VR. Oculus Quest does not. But that's the kicker right there. But there's a uh, program called Riftcat. That it was used for cardboard VR and gear VR, where you could use your computer and stream. Uh, I'm Steam sorry. VR. I'm sorry. You said cardboard VR? Yeah, like Google Cardboard. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Are they still doing that? I thought they stopped that. You can still build your own kits. It's okay. it's the same thing as like those cheapo plastic things you find at like Ross. But you could stream Steam VR games to your phone, and mm. play uh play games that way. It didn't work too well, but. Within hours of the Quest launching, it was available for Quest, and I tried it out. I streamed some uh, Steam VR stuff to uh, to my Quest. I streamed Skyrim VR. It was not bad because I, streaming that, is that already bad for regular. Right <laughs> well, because streaming is bad enough for regular games, right? So you would imagine streaming for VR, where it has to be 90 frames per second with minimal latency, otherwise you'll throw up. It sounds impossible, but Skyrim VR was playable. Not amazing, not even good, but playable. Like, I did a quest on my quest. Questception. <laughs> I did a quest on my quest. Wait, what? <laughs> it worked. And that, that was within hours of launch. I imagine a year from now, <laughs> it'll be better. I don't know. I'm just saying there, there are advances being made in the VR space every day. Okay, so you bring up a good question, streaming from the Oculus Rift, which is something that I'm thinking about doing when I get that. How complex is that? Because I've seen a couple of people do it, but normally they're like people that are heavily vested in the VR or people who are um, very familiar with it or are developers of VR. How much of a pain in the behind is that? So I have zero experience streaming from, uh, from Oculus, but the... Quest has a share menu built in and you can share screenshots and it, there's a stream button or like a go. I think it's a go live or record video button. Uh, I'm not sure the, about the entire process of streaming from Quest, but I know on Rift, it should be just about the same as streaming a regular PC game. Okay. Um, if you want to go all in and get the uh, mixed reality capture, I don't know about all that. That requires a bunch of cameras, no but just getting capture it should just be recording your because whenever you uh, play a Rift game, it outputs non VR video to your monitor, the right. social screen, as they call it. So you can just stream that. I'm definitely gonna give that a try because, I, like I said, I watch a lot of people play the beat with Saber Beat, and they are just going ham. So I definitely see that. Yeah, and the good thing about uh, the Rift over the Quest Beat Saber mods, custom songs. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of maps out there of any song you can think of. And the quest only has standard songs. 
which great songs, but the standard like 20 can only last you so long. Hey, Josh, you sold yet? I'm at a Beat Saber out of, out of this, the mods. I'm sold. I just don't have the money to buy one. Somebody yeah. give him money. I feel like that's most people now because they hear how great the quest is. Like, it's still $400. That's a video game console right there. It is. It, it really is. And with new consoles coming out, presumably next fall, I don't blame people for saving up for proven video game consoles instead of experimental VR headsets. But see, that's the thing with VR. It's I, I think at this point, with at least with the Quest, that the VR is able to stand <laughs> on their own now. Um, would you say this is more powerful or just as powerful as the current generation PlayStation 4 with the, v- with the PlayStation VR? Some of the games I've played on Quest are better than their PSVR counterparts. Okay. So outside of, of exclusive games, this is a viable standalone solution. And it's yeah. new, so depending on how it goes, you might see a lot more great games coming out for the Quest. Oh, for sure. I feel like every major VR title, if it does not come out on Quest, they're missing a, a lot of revenue. They would so. be they would be crazy to not release on Quest unless they're doing a super heavy, graphically intensive, story focused open world title for the Oculus, which no one's going to fund that for VR unless your Oculus Studios yourself. That's why stuff like Stormland gets made, because Facebook's throwing a lot of money at it. But everything else will be on Quest. Games that were developers said they would not uh, even think would work on Quest, after seeing success on Quest, they're trying. If they got Robo Recall on Quest, anything can get on Quest. There you have it. Um, I was already sold on the S. Ah, man. I really hope Best Buy has them on display or has them a key S out so, so people can try them out. And if not, I might have to travel down to Micro Center to see if they do, because I really want to try it before I buy it. But one wire is about, nothing. About the Quest is that the Oculus Rift was $599 for the headset and $99 more for the controllers that launched three years ago. Last summer, it went on sale for $349 for the entire setup, headset, two controllers, two cameras. That, that's half. I, I don't think it's unreasonable to think that in the foreseeable future, the Oculus Quest will hit $199. I don't think it's a must buy. I, I don't for sure at least that, that I don't think the price is going to be a huge factor going forward because you got to remember it's also the first quest or first quest. The first rift was more of a, hey, we did this. How is this going to be received? It was the price was holding a lot of people back, but eventually the technology was proven. That's why we have. The I still S- think price is a huge deal because PSVR goes at the one ninety nine with games, and people are still like, I don't know. That's a lot of money for because there's no there's use. there's nothing that screams there's no games me. exactly, and the games are just now finally starting to show up. But I still feel like it's not enough because remember whenever Sony did their first state of play, they only showed VR games for the most part, and people didn't care. But then afterwards, people are like, "There are no VR games." It, it's it's a a cycle that just never ends where people say there are no VR games, but then a big publisher shows VR games at a major press conference, and I don't want to play and it. The audience doesn't care; they don't want to play it. Don't show me VR games. Yep. And it's going to keep happening until publishers keep throwing money at these big budget exclusives like Stormland, Asgard's Wrath, Iron Man VR, Blood and Truth. I, people are just now realizing that games like Moss and Astrobot work in VR because people see platformers and they're like, why would I want to play a platformer in VR? But they I've don't understand heard, that Moss and Astrobot are magical. I've heard, I've heard great things about Astrobot, which is, which is be, you know, beyond me why I have yet to pick that game up. Astrobot is my top five game of last year. And it everybody was keeps talking about it. It's underrated at every award show because it was a VR game. 
I, I don't think I don't think it's going to be that way for much longer. I, I do think the issue with VR the first couple years was that VR was seen as a fad, but it's it's not showing any signs of slowing down. It hasn't gone away like the 3D TVs. That was a fad. Yeah, that VR died out really quick. It's just going to catch on a lot more slowly. Yeah. Than I think next gen is when VR is really going to hit its stride because as as awesome as the Quest is. And it's great as the Rift S is, and I'm sure the Valve Index and Vive Cosmos will be great. They're still PC devices, and the general audience is still always going to see them as those those guys in the corner playing with their Oculus headsets. I think when PSVR 2 hits, especially with the stuff that uh, Sony has recently been saying about next-gen PlayStation VR, that's when it's going to happen. Because PlayStation VR 2 is talking about eye-tracking, which is crucial to VR going forward. Talking about optional wireless which is a huge deal options are great for vr when, when psvr 2 hits and there's a bunch of games on it and the quest is also out hitting its stride with game with a bunch of games and the rift s is killing it that's when vr when valve releases half-life whatever for vr if that's what it is you keep that's thinking that's gonna happen <laughs> i think it'll be a spinoff at most i think it'll be a new ip most likely what's confusing me is and i'm gonna i'm gonna uh, relate this to arcade experiences because the VR is a great extension of arcades, light shooters, shooting games. Why haven't we seen the majority of these games come over? Like House of the Dead would be a great experience on a Rift. Oh, that'd be great in VR. Yeah, uh, light shooters and wave shooters are like the VR genre. Exactly, right now. They're the easiest to make, and they sell the most. Oh, that'd be great. You, it's like, why are these games that on here? You, you go to arcade, you got House of the Dead, you've got uh, Time Crisis. It's like, why aren't these on VR? Because you can't do these on consoles. Yeah. And VR has revived, like, so many... Like, the rhythm genre has made a huge comeback thanks to VR. Beat Saber and Autica have brought the rhythm genre back into the mainstream. VR can do so much cool stuff like that to where you just think, okay, those games wouldn't work on consoles, but they work much better in a, in a virtual space. I do have one question. I'm going to go back to the hardware. I, I meant to ask this because I know a lot of people that are listening or will listen to it may fall into this category. How is it for those who wear prescription glasses? Okay, here's the thing about glasses. And here's glasses in VR. Glasses. glasses in VR have always been an issue. I don't wear glasses, so I can't speak to how they are in the Quest or in the Rift S. I know in the Vive, in the original Rift CV1, you you could kind of sort of wear your glasses in there. Uh, you would always run the risk of scratching the lenses, but Ooh. for the most part, you were safe. However, if, you, if you're already splurging on a VR headset, you probably have some money left over to throw around. Not a whole bunch, but there are, there are companies who make uh, lenses you can swap out for the Rift, and I guess the Quest now, because they'd be stupid not to, where you can get your prescription in the VR lens, so you don't have to wear glasses in there. Yeah, because I remember reading about a lot of people having issues with that, and so I wanted to it's, ask. Yeah, about it that. just it really also it depends on the size of your glasses and things like that. But you can get prescription VR lenses if if you really want to. It's doable. Okay. All right. Well, thank you for that recap. That was actually pretty interesting. Yeah, dude. I I I am interesting. I I really want to play Real Recall. And even though it's not coming to Oculus, I really, really want to play Blood and Truth. I, I was at a... You have a PSVR, a, don't you? I do, but it's still sitting in the freaking box! Plug it in. Do you have the move controllers? 
No. Wait, no, wait. Oh, wait, you can play with DualShock 4 or Move, but Move's going to be the way to go for Blood and Truth. Yeah, this one, this one is the bundle I got last year, so it should have the Move controllers. Cool. I have not opened it! It's I had, Dude, I literally Truth, had no reason to open it. Dope, and if you have not purchased it yet, anybody listening, on Amazon, it is currently $30 instead of the retail price of 40 Please. Because I was, reading, I was reading about it today, and I, I saw it, and I was like, what is this game? Then I've been I looked at a video. I was like, holy like shit, this is two years ago, and then it went radio silent until State of Play like a month or two ago, and here it is. What was the other game? It was it was right before that. London, what was that? London Heist. That's yeah. in the PlayStation VR demo disc. Okay. PlayStation VR Worlds, actually. That's what it's called. Yeah, that was a tech demo, and then this is the full game of that. Is that tech demo still available, or is that yeah, just... If you buy PlayStation VR Worlds, which goes on sale for very cheap, that okay. is what you buy that game for. It is a 20, 30 minute that's a 20 minute max demo. You know, maybe I should just do it. Maybe I should just do it. It's, it's the reason why I haven't the reason why I haven't done it because I keep my son. I re, only reason I got the PlayStation VR because every time we went to Best Buy, he would go over to the PlayStation section and the guy would be demoing and he was like, "Let me play, let me play it." And I was like, "You know what? Let's just get it for Christmas." The bundles were cheap. It was like two fifty about the bundle. Yeah, they they were real cheap for the holidays. But I kept telling him, "If you keep acting like an ass, we're not going to play it." And he keeps acting like an ass. It's like. I told you to behave. If you behave, we'll bust it out. But the thing with PSVR is the tracking is not ideal. It's running off of controllers and a camera from the PlayStation 3. Um, especially once you start messing around with the Rift and real VR headsets. That's mean. I shouldn't say that. Once you mess around with PC VR headsets, uh, you will notice that the tracking is not great on PSVR because instead of using um, the the lights that the Rift and Vive use, it uses actual lights. Like the move controller wants light up, and the camera tracks those. And as a result, the PSVR headset looks really cool and futuristic because it's all blue. I and always stuff. wonder why they didn't upgrade the PlayStation Eye or the camera. That made no sense. To develop new controllers like that and then to sell them would drive the price of that thing through the roof. It's a cost cutting measure. And it, I, it, I just, it, it just functions. It's good enough. You see, you say functions. Now, working in IT, something that functions doesn't mean it functions well. It just, it's not broke. It's For just console, not doing very if well. If you're buying a PlayStation VR, you know what to get into. You're getting quality games with okay hardware. At least the PlayStation VR aim controller is dope. Yeah. Firewall Zero Hour, also criminally underrated. People stop talking about it after two weeks. One of the greatest games I've ever played. I think the problem with that is because the bundle for that, the game, because uh, it comes with the uh, the, the light, the stick, whatever you want to call it. It's always it's always $80 everywhere I see it. It's always $80. And again, the VR and the pricing. Yeah. But you can play the game with the DualShock 4. Oh, you can. Of course. Yeah. Nobody really wants to because you want to have the cool gun. But if you're getting a PSVR, buy the aim controller. It, I think maybe if that was a little have. cheaper, if that was a little, if the bundle was a little cheaper, I think that was still a lot more. I've seen it on sale for like sixty every now and then, so you can like wait, which because the game itself is forty, and the controller itself low is like sixty. There's that phone again, see a little battery. battery. See, it won't die. It will not die. Stupid phone. Yeah, but with with the Quest being a thing, all these Oculus games coming out this year, Valve's game coming out this year, Blood and Truth out in like four days. It's a good year for VR. All right. That's good to hear. Uh, Josh, I think we should move on to the next topic. <laughs> We're rifted out of here. A lot of good news about the rift, though. No, 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 no. Bring that phone back. Bring it back. I want it to die. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. You take this phone. 
No, I want. I know I won't die. No, no, no. We're live. No. God damn it, woman! No. Oh, you. Damn it, woman. Uh, was that Keith Jr.? No, that was that was the wife. She, uh, she oh. took the controller from me. The phone. She was like, she came in to swap it, and she's like, the second I said we're live, she's like, oh really? And she just ran out. I shouldn't have said that. Oh well. Oh man, she should have came on the podcast and said something. She was like, "It's dying." I was like, "No, leave it." And now I have no phone. <laughs> she took both phones. Damn it. So, uh, so this yeah. topic is going to have me heated. So I'll let Josh introduce this one. Yeah. So with all the uh, rambling you've done about the uh, the riff, you know what you could be, a Diego. You could be an influencer, and you could make about fifty thousand an hour plugging the shit out of stuff. Except you'd be interested in doing it, and you actually would know stuff about it, unlike most of the people on YouTube who just pretend to to get the money. But um, yeah, apparently there was a new report that came out that uh, companies like uh, Ubisoft and Activision and Blizzard and Epic Games are willing to pay up to $50,000 per hour, not per day, not per game, not per play session, per hour to influencers to basically put the word out there and spread the good deed about their games. Ah, oh, man, this is a sore yeah. subject because, you know, here we go. The the whole, you know, we're a growing site and, you know, we've got our followers and we give honest opinions and, you know, we do all this good stuff. We play it and give it, you know, 100% all of our effort. We're fans to the core and all that stuff. And we get passed over by big companies because, well... We don't have a large enough audience like some of these YouTubers do. And now we understand why, because, you know, they'll charge 60 bucks for a game. They'll charge, you know, an extra $30 for the DLC pack. And, you know, they'll charge out the ass for DLC because they need to make their money back, right? They need the return on investment. And that's because some of the marketing costs are in the millions due to the fact that they're just paying this shit out left and right to every fucking big YouTuber out there. And we get nothing. Absolutely nothing well i can't say uh, we really get nothing we, we we get you know games to review from big companies but which has been dwindling because of you know that because of this shit yeah i mean uh for example i hate to you know ride the blizzard bandwagon because you know that's what i usually do but kind of played world of warcraft since april 2005 you know uh kind of got almost 15 years experience in the game i've I know that game inside and out. I've been with them from vanilla all the way up to Battle for Azeroth. Do you think that I get like super early access to any beta test to give them actual feedback? Which, by the way, I can because I have a degree in game design, a bachelor's at that, and I know what I'm fucking talking about. Do I get any special treatment? No, because I don't have a YouTube channel. I don't have millions of followers. I well, we do have a YouTube channel. But, but, but you missed the second part. We don't have millions <laughs> of followers. Yeah, we don't have that. We didn't. Can I can I be honest with you? Can I be honest? There's no way in this freaking world that our site or any other site in it, in our capacity or even bigger sites will have a million followers just because YouTube is a oversaturated and b everybody has their favorites and c companies have their favorites. Just like you're getting to, they go to the same people every freaking time every freaking time and i'm not going to discount all these these influencers because that's what they're calling them now because some of them know what they're talking about but i've literally watched some of these guys and gals 
guys and girls, whatever you want to associate yourself with. I'm not going to go there. Um, talk about a game, stream a game, and they are terrible at it. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. They completely undersell the game. And it's like, this company gave you this to for you to show this game off, and you doing a terrible job at it. But yet, if there was a professional game journalist doing this, you would ridicule the hell out of them for doing it. Polygon comes to mind. Dean from uh, Venture Beat comes to mind. Why do these people do the same thing as a professional in the same capacity and it's a complete different thing as well? How does that how does that make any sense? Yeah, and like I'll use another example. A perfect example is Amaz, who is a uh, Hearthstone oh, player. Fuck that guy. Sorry. Yeah, well, he's obviously not playing Hearthstone anymore. He's kind of sucking the dick of auto chess, but be that as it may, when he was playing Hearthstone, and I want to say it was Legion, uh, when World of Warcraft came out with Legion, he, they gave him early fucking beta access to Legion, and he even admitted it on stream. He's like, I don't play World of Warcraft, but yet they went ahead and gave him that because he has a large audience and he plays a Blizzard game. Yeah, yeah, and that's what happens. It... <sighs> It sounds like, and I, I don't want this to sound like we're just ranting a rant because we're not. This affects us. This affects other sites, bigger and smaller than us. And it affects people that are trying to actually give very good criticism, uh, creative, creative, creative uh, a lot of feedback, and they're they're trying to be genuine about this. But yet these people get passed over, don't get the opportunities because, as Josh said, they don't have the numbers. And Numbers are all that really matter. You could be a complete idiot and know nothing about said game, play said game, but if you have a huge following, the companies will come to you, which is something that is really affecting this industry. I'm going to let Josh finish what he was saying because I have this whole rant I'm going to go say, and I'm not sure if Josh is going to say the same thing, so I'll let Josh go first. And if he doesn't, then you'll hear my loud mouth. Man, I don't even remember what I was going to finish saying. I just usually go off on tangents and then just like say whatever comes to mind. But okay, then then I'll <laughs> go run my loud mouth. So here's my biggest issue: not as much as getting passed over for certain games or for certain things. I get it, it but at the same time, I would love the opportunity. People have seen what we've done. Yeah, we're not the biggest site. Our numbers may be eh, not where they want the people want them to be. Fine, but here's my problem: you're paying somebody. $50,000 more or less to play this game, to show off this game, to talk about this game, to pitch this game. But yet, you got these people that go to look at these game journalism, or journalists like us and other people and say, we can't trust you because you got a game for free. Okay, valid point. But then you go to these people that are getting paid more money than most of the people will make in a year by streaming the game for a couple hours, and you listen to their shit like it's gospel. They're being paid to talk about the game, to feed you information or crap about the game, and you believe them. They're getting paid to do this. Oh, this guy's great. I love what he's saying. Oh, he's showing me everything. This is amazing stuff. Yeah, keep going. He could, he or she could be feeding you a bunch of shit. This person could hate the game, but. For that amount of money, I'm not going to turn it down. Nobody in their right mind is going to go, hey, you know, we know you don't like this game. We know you don't kind of play these kind of games, but here's a fat check. Play this game and talk about this game. 
you tell me one person who's not going to play that game, and I will show you a fool. $50,000, as an example, because like I said, it could be more, it could be less, but $50,000 to play a game for a couple of hours. Nobody is going to turn that down. I make a little bit more than that working a nine-to-five job in IT where I just literally want to kill myself sometimes. And a person can make this multiple times in a year by just playing a game. Just think about it. If this one person played four big games from EA or Activision or God knows who else and got paid $50,000 times four, $200,000 for playing a game for a couple of hours. No, that's per hour. So if you played it for a couple of hours, that's like 400, almost like half. What's what I'm saying? If you play it for an hour and you play it four times, that's just a base example. But if you're playing it for multiple times and it's $50,000 an hour, Mom, you've fucked up my entire life. I told you playing games would get you somewhere. No, playing games will rot your brain. Meanwhile, 2018, 2019, people were streaming games and they make enough to buy a house, buy shiny cars, do whatever the fuck they want to do. Meanwhile, you got people out in the world struggling. And then you got these other people saying, oh, you just mad because you can't do what they do. Well, it's not possible for anybody to do that. That's just like the NBA or the NFL. Not everybody is going to get there. And there's a shit ton of factors that do that. One, streaming is a very heavy job. You have to be devoted and on that grind every damn day. The streaming field is saturated, just like YouTube. Twitch, Mixer are full of people that do this nonstop. Get up, they do this. They go to bed, they get up, they do this. Companies have their favorites. They know who they're going to go to for their big games constantly. It's not even a question. Every time you hear about, oh, there's going to be this beta, or this closed beta, they have keys for these people. Don't let them say, oh, it's a closed beta. Only certain people are going to get in. No, bullshit. They're going to give these keys to these streamers, to these influencers, because they're going to push the narrative. It's just that simple. And when I say companies have their favorites, people that watch these guys and girls, people have their favorites. Just because I'll give you a great example. I've had access to a game many, many weeks ahead of other people. And so did a couple of big names. I would go out and play it on Mixer before they even start playing it. The second these people come on, the little bit of people that were watching mine are already over their channel. They have favorites, and that is a big issue. It's so hard for a new person to get into the streaming, I don't want to say industry, say streaming game, because this, people have their favorites. Now, unless you network off the ass, unless they give you a shout-out, it's just, it's like pull, getting your teeth pulled, man, or pulling teeth. It's nearly impossible anymore. It's just so saturated. And you got streamers, influencers that will play a game even if they don't like it because they get the numbers. They want the numbers. I, I don't know how many people started playing Sekiro when Sekiro first came out. And I watched these people die constantly and seen a couple people say, I don't even play games like this. Then why are you playing it? Oh, the numbers. I need the numbers. I want people to see me playing it. And then after a couple of days, I'll stop playing it. You know, it's that stuff that makes these big companies go after these streamers, which then pay them a shit ton of money. 
I'm not even going to talk about how it affects companies' bottom lines where, you know, we've seen Activision pay shit tons of money to influencers and go back behind everybody's back and fire the people because either they got to make the money to pay, to pay these influencers or they don't feel that having internal people is worth it anymore. Why? We've got all the marketing we want with these influencers, which is also, I don't like. I hate that. I, I don't like that. It's not that I can't do it. It's the fact that you've got people that you hired to do this, but you you think they're irrelevant anymore, and you get rid of them just to have an influencer do it, who may or may not do a good job, who may or may not give a shit about your game, who may or may not drop your game after a couple of days or even a couple of hours. I mean, I would imagine there's some kind of contract in place for stuff like this, and you guys are making me talk. You guys need to talk. Come on. Well, I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, I guess like, I'm going to be the only one talking about this then because nobody else is talking about it. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, it is what you said. I mean, it's it's nobody. Be a nobody else wants to say anything. Can you not hear me? Yeah, Josh is talking. I think Keith is broken. Yeah, Keith, <laughs> you there, buddy? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. I think yeah, he's broken. We'll we'll just ignore him for now. I'll just go ahead and talk, uh, right. since everyone else can hear me. I'm assuming Twitch can hear me. So yay! Um, hey guys, yeah. I'm gonna be right back. Excuse me. Okay. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna go fix himself probably. <laughs> yeah, we're good on Twitch, so just just go on. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's exactly as Keith says. I mean, obviously the root of the problem is the fact that companies found a brand new way to market games, and that's obviously through social media. And, you know, that's that's one thing that was Keith was about to get into is the whole fact that there's companies like Activision, Blizzard, stuff like that, that are coming back under internal staff. Um, and a lot of it was in their marketing department uh, when they let go. I think it was like 800 people or something like that a few months right, back. back. Sorry about that. And essentially when they were doing that, um, you kind of wonder like, well, why did they fire their marketing people? And this is exactly why they did that because – they would rather spend fifty thousand dollars on one hour of one streamer, you know, promoting a game than spending a collective salary on their entire, you know, marketing department every single week. And it's you bullshit. Know? Yeah, it is. And unfortunately, as terrible as some of these people are, or as disinterested as some of these people are, I mean, obviously they're not going to turn out fifty thousand dollars. You'd be stupid, you know, to do so. It still works because. Even if they don't like the game, they've got millions of people watching who probably just want to see the game. They, they they probably don't even care. The audience doesn't even care if the guy is good at the game or not. They just want to see what it looks like. They want to see how it plays, and you don't even need an explanation. They can just visually see it as it's happening. And sure, you know, smart asses in a Twitch chat are going to make fun of the guy when he screws up because that's Twitch chat. Going to get a whole bunch of Bible thumbs. Does anybody pay attention to Twitch chat? That shit is so toxic half the time. No, ninety nine percent of the time. I and mean, most of the time, I close it out. It's like a big streamer, like especially like Preparian's channel. I I just like close that shit out. But yeah, it it basically markets itself at that point, and that's what they're paying for. I mean, you could we could argue all day long that you know influencers don't even have to like the game and all that shit but that's not the whole point of it it's the eyes on the game and they exactly. don't care they don't care about the opinion they care about how many eyes are watching and that's how many potential buyers they could have for that game and 
honestly, as much as we hate it, and I really hate to admit this because of diehard fans like us, it works. It's a strategy that works, and I don't think it's ever going to go away because the internet is just getting more popular. It's getting more accessible, if you can even believe that, as as many devices it's on these days. I mean, you can watch gaming on your PC. You can watch it on your tablet. You can watch it on your phone. You can watch it on your fucking Switch. You know, you can watch it on pretty much anything. And as long as you have access to a stream and you see an influencer playing a game, the marketing company or the marketing department of that company has already won. I mean, they pretty much have your eyes on that title. And that's my exactly only, what they want. My only problem with this is, as, as you said, it's getting bigger and bigger. It's becoming sort of like a monopoly. Because as I said before, they go to the same people over and over. And they're not giving other people chances to get invested in this. It's like... Hey, we're going to go to the same people over and over and over and over and over and over. And I get it, but there are more than these people out there. There are more than a handful of streamers. There are more than a handful of influencers. Try other people. See if you can grow this. I mean, there, there have been so many streamers that I've watched in the past that I just either they say something or they just rub people the wrong way or they become so pick-headed that they think they can do no wrong. They can say whatever the fuck they want to say. And it's like, you know what? You guys can keep watching them because you think they're God. I'm done. I don't need people talking like they know everything or being toxic and being asses to the community. And I just stop watching them because I'm not here for that. I'm here to see the game. I'm here to talk to you about the game. I'm here for you to tell me what you think about the game, what you don't like about the game, and to have a good time because that's what it's supposed to be about. But the moment it starts turning to something that's toxic or you're getting pissed off at your fans because they're asking you questions, I, I want nothing to do with you. I'm done. But they're the same people that they keep feeding stuff over and over to or fly them out to events. It's like, I, I the fact keep getting fatter and the rest of us keep tightening in our belts. It's the best way I can sum it up. Yep. I mean, personally, like, let's just take Mega Man for an example. Like, here we go. Here's my expertise in the world of Mega Man. I have literally one game away from owning every single u.s release Mega Man title just one game away from owning it all i have foreign titles i have seen the entire exe anime series i have the ruby spears cartoon on dvd i have the entire manga set i have fucking shit coming out of shit about Mega Man. i could basically tell you every single robot master their weakness the weapon they dropped the order to kill them in for every fucking game that's been ever made all right, my knowledge goes beyond like a normal fan. I am like the absolute perfect person to send an early access copy to the next Mega Man game because I could give you a heartfelt, you know, in-depth, knowledgeable, experienced opinion on the game, which would probably sell you a ton of copies if people would just fucking listen to me. But am I going to get it? No, because I'm not, you're not an relevant. Influencer. You're not. You're not. You're not an influencer. You're not relevant. They're not going to pitch you up. They're not going to shout your name. So. And, and, that's, and that's the part that burns me. Yeah, that's the that's the thing right there. It, it, it's just like even when we do a review and we send these reviews to these companies, and they're like, okay, great, thanks. And you don't say anything. If you took the time to send us a game, I would think in my mind that you think that we're going to do a good review or we're going to do a proper review, good or bad, if we like the game or not, and you're going to put that out there. But you don't half the time. You're like, oh, thanks for the review. And we hear nothing else from it. Like, did you like it? Did you not like it? Was it shit? Was it great? 
I mean, you're 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 literally investing money into us because you're giving us a code. These games aren't free. We do the job and we send it back to you, and nothing comes out of it. Meanwhile, you get a guy who writes a two-paragraph review. This game's fucking amazing. It's awesome. Great. Hey, check out this review. This guy did a great review on our game. Review doesn't tell us a goddamn thing about the game, guy. What's so great about it? Yep. It's like you told me something I get off the box. Great. That's great. Tells me nothing. Uh, as you can tell, I'm frustrated. Thank you for this topic, by the way. Yeah, no problem. And, and you're exactly right. Like, when I did a review or, or of any game that I've been given, I mean, I go through the gameplay, I go through the story, I go through the graphics, I go through the sound, I go through the replayability of it. I go in depth, and then you showed me an actual link to review. It was literally two paragraphs long, and the guy said absolutely fucking nothing. Yeah, and, and those are the things I look at, and I, and I go, oh, what the fuck? What the, why? And yet these people keep getting shouted out. They keep getting codes. They keep getting, um, I don't want to say fame, but um, hits directed to whatever you want to call it. And it's like, this is a waste of your time. This is a joke. I'm not here to toot my own horn, but I'm also going to tell you, hey, this is bullshit. The point of our, of a review, in my mind, is to inform you of a certain thing and give you my opinions of it. Whether you agree with my opinions or not, I'm giving you valid criticism. I'm not just going to say, hey, you can do this in the game. This game has that in the game. Oh, this game is great or this game sucks. The end. No, I'm going to break it down. If it's a story, I'm going to say if I like the story or not. I'm going to talk about the gameplay. I'm going to talk about the controls. I'm going to talk about things I liked. I'm going to talk about stuff I hate. And if it's a PC game, I'm also going to take the time to tell you if it ran like shit on my machine, what issues I had with my with it on my machine, and what PC-centric options were in that game. Because the point of me doing this review is to let you know what's in this game. You may not like the fact that this game only runs on high-end machines. You may not like this game because it has the Nova in it. You may not like this game because it's on Epic Game Store. But it's my job to tell you about said game. Otherwise, why are you sending me a code? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Now I'm sad. Like Xbox One sad? Uh, yeah. And that's also a sad name. I mean, it's just it's again. People can hear this and say you're just you're just bitching and complaining. No, it's 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 legit criticism. It's if if we weren't if we didn't care if we just said oh give us codes give us codes and we don't care thanks we well, here's a review keep giving us games then fine we wouldn't be bitching about it. We're complaining about it because we genuinely cared. We think this is a bum deal. We think this is not healthy for the industry, but. The, the big wigs that are saving X, X amount of money and are firing people left and right and don't care about valid criticism. And I'm not saying all influencers are like that because there are a lot of influencers that, that are worth their salt. There are a lot of great ones out there. But there's also a lot of people out there that are, are just terrible. Terrible. But and it's this is the way the industry is going. People have been arguing about this for for a while now. If you go to Reddit, you go to Twitter, you'll see the same thing we're talking about, being talked about every day. You got, and the problem is there's a there's a divide. You've got people that are like, "Hey, you're just afraid that your your stuff that you're drilling is going to go away, and that this media is the new way going forward." And yeah, that could be that too. But 
if this is not giving you any valid criticism, if it's not doing a job or providing you feedback that makes your choice easier or playing the game and playing the game like shit, are you really going to believe what they say? Are you going to believe what they're doing? Or is it just because they're getting a fat check that you're doing it? Money will make people do a lot of weird stuff. Yeah, that's true. And like I said, doesn't really matter who's playing it. It's just the people watching it counts. It's the same effect that people have when they get access to a beta. Hey, I don't get to report any problems because I have early access to the Oh, game. my fucking Look God. I am playing it before everybody else. Look at me, guys. I, I'm Mr. Meeseeks. Look at me. I fucking hate that so bad. I'm sorry for dropping F-bombs, guys, but I figured, you know, I'm done being nice. I'm just going to be honest. And I hate that. I hate it so much. A beta and alpha is not early access. This is you getting access to a game that you're supposed to be providing feedback to the developers to make the game better. Not to say, oh, well, look at me, I'm playing a game early and, and provide nothing. Because if the game comes out in the end playing like crap, it look like crap, that's partially your fault. You're supposed to provide feedback. And I, I don't understand how these companies give out these keys for betas and alphas and don't demand feedback. It, it blows my mind because that's control. They know who they're giving codes to. We want to know what you thought about this beta. Well, I can actually answer that because not all companies treat betas as true betas. A lot of companies actually do market it as early access, and it's exactly what it is. They'll take an absolutely finished portion of the game, chop it up, send it out as a quote-unquote beta, have people play it, and then they'll launch the full game. <sighs> That's not a beta, guys. That well, really is not a beta. According to some companies, it is, and it's wrong. It is completely wrong. But you know, yeah, yeah. What do I know? I'm I'm just an IT flunky. I, I I this is just a hobby for me. I I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Ignore me. Yeah, me neither. Me I, I I just have a degree in game design. I, I I went to school to do this for a living. I mean, I know what nothing. Do I, fuck I know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know a damn thing. Like you I'm know, stupid. what part of my problem is when I do a review, I do treat it like my job, and I do I think I do too much writing in them because I my my forte is technical documentation. I need to be precise. I need to tell you everything that needs to be going on. Maybe I should just make two or three paragraph reviews from that on. And just crank them out. Yep, I'm, I'm going to do that for my manga reviews this weekend. I'm just like, this manga was good. You should buy it. This manga was not good. You should not buy it. This, this guy has manga. a huge sword, and I like the way he looked. He swung the sword a lot and killed a lot of people. I think this is an amazing manga. There was not enough blood for the amount of sword swinging. Too much water. <laughs> there was too much screen tone oh my god but seriously this is not a rant about us not getting access to certain things please do not take it that way it is not that way whatsoever there's just constructive feedback from people who actually give a damn and that's as real as we can be yep absolutely so on that note I think we better get it out of the here before we you know continue to dig ourselves deeper into this little hole <clears throat> I'm, I'm married how deep can it go man and shit sure, i took my <laughs> phone she won't bring well, it back maybe she's off killing it for you keith and then it'll finally die low battery low, low battery. battery i love battery. that thing i really love that thing 
Uh, before we go, I do what I, I did pick up a couple things this week, or actually a couple things were delivered to me this week that I completely forgot about. Uh, the Sekiro strategy guide that I ordered months ago that finally came in. Um, really nice guy. I'm going to do a review on it. I don't know how to really do reviews on books anymore, but it has a lot of pretty pictures and it's quality. <laughs> Very, it's quality. I, mean, I don't know what to say. Um, also, hopefully this this podcast has been a lot clearer because I got rid of my mixer and actually picked up a decent preamp, which is something I should have done before. Somebody, I won't name names, told me to get a mixer and totally fed me bogus information. So the preamp apparently is doing a better job. My, my voice is a lot more crisper, cleaner. So lesson learned on that one. And uh, there was something else that came in. I don't know what the hell it is. It disappeared, actually. Oh, I do have some good news, though, Josh. Um, I was, a company reached out to me. Um, um, RK Crew. They are working on um, a game you may have heard of called Chrome uh, Chrome Hit. Ugh, yeah, wrong game. Blazing Chrome. Too many games called Chrome. They're actually sending out a press kit soon, so we can check that out. Oh. So, so that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, it's like I've only ever had one press kit, and that was for Layers of Fear, which I gave to somebody who, knew, who was longer here. That's so that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah, pretty that's cool. pretty cool. I was like, oh, really? Nice. Other than that, um, you may see some pictures tomorrow. I definitely will be picking up. I, I now I don't know if I'm going to pick up a quest, a rift quest, or a rift s tomorrow. Just pick them get, both get up. Yes. No, just, just get the s. I can't pick up both. Just, just, just trust me. Trust me. Get get the s. I am not rich. Stop fucking saying. Don't listen, Diego. Get them both. When all these exclusives come around and you're not going to be able to play them, you're going to wish you would have gotten the, the Rift S. And well, I know a... you will appreciate the the quality of PC VR. Yeah. It's just, it's just one small tether. It, you know, at least you don't have to deal with cameras. I had to deal with ca- There's cameras on my desk right now. There's two of them. This is, that's not even... I could have three. Three is the optimal. You don't have to have cameras. You'll be fine. It's just one. All camera. right. So I guess I'll be it's picking up tomorrow. Too. It won't be that expensive. I actually picked up a oh, that, that's what it was. I picked up a Logitech G502 wireless mouse on impulse. I was like, why did I buy this? My mouse is great and I have a warranty on it, so if it dies, I can just get another one from Best Buy. So that's $150 back for the uh rest Rift S. Yeah, I'm not I'm not completely sold on wireless already. mice. I, 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 I like wireless mice, but I'm always fearful I'm gonna come in my office one day and my mouse is gone. <laughs> And it's like, where the fuck's my mouse? Just, just look for the low battery signal from it, and you'll be you know, fine. Kids, kids, and stuff in my office, and they shouldn't be touching. But you know, they come in my office constantly. It's like, stay out of my freaking room. Oh, I just need to get something out of here for you, daddy. No, stay the fuck out of my room. Whatever reason, whatever reason, I, I, I just can't get behind wireless anything. Like wireless headset, wireless keyboard, wireless. Oh, mouse. I, I will, just can't do it. I have I, to plug everything in. I swear by wireless headsets. I'm using one right now. I love wireless headsets. They are great. I've got your wireless VR is pretty cool too. I've got two wireless headsets, Bluetooth and the Logitech one, the G nine thirty three, and I love it. The only thing I hate about it is when you're using it and it doesn't hear a signal for a while and it goes poof and it cuts off, or it doesn't turn off and the battery's drained. But other than that, I I love them. I love them. They've gotten better over the years. Not sold on a wireless keyboard. I don't want any latency whatsoever. 
the reason why I picked up the mouse is they were saying the latency was even better than the, than the wired. And I was like, how is that possible? But I don't care. It's going back. I need to make my purchase cheaper. So it's going back. Well, rest in peace. <laughs> All right. And then I got to listen to those idiots at Best Buy tell me, oh, you're back again. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's that Keith guy again. Must be trading something in, goddamn. They it. love me there. They they like, oh look, it's Keith <laughs> and his wife, and we put on a show every time we go there. It's hilarious. You should YouTube that then. I you told her we should I told her we should be recording this and selling this shit. <laughs> All right, guys. That's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. For myself, for Diego, for Keith. Once again, I'm saying Godspeed to all you out there in Radio Land. See you next week, guys. Peace.